boy is eating. The boy is your name. What is your name? She is not a girl. First, hey, how's it going? Hey, how's it going? Coffee with Gringos, Dynamic English's podcast where you can learn English simply by hearing people use it. So sit down and have a coffee with us. Hey everyone, you are listening to Coffee with Gringos. I'm Ian Kennedy. And I'm Paige Sutherland. And today we're going to be talking about Ponzi schemes. And so basically a Ponzi scheme is a form of fraud that lures investors and pays profits to earlier investors with the money and the investments that are received from more recent investors. So basically it's a scheme that makes the investors or the victims believe that they're getting profits from investing in product sales or services. And they have no idea that the money is actually coming from other investors like themselves. And it's really just one big trick to make a lot of money and not really produce anything as a company. And Ponzi schemes are something that we've seen for a long, long time. So we thought we'd go into the history of Ponzi schemes and talk about some of the most famous ones that have existed. So listeners, as always, if you get lost, go online and check out that audio guide and transcript online. So Paige, Ponzi schemes, we've heard about some really big ones in recent years. We've seen a list of them that go back for hundreds and hundreds of years. So tricking people into giving you money for some fraud for a false investment is, is nothing new. One thing I think we all think about is, you know, why is the name even Ponzi scheme? Where does that name come from? Well, Ian, funny you ask. Ponzi is actually a person. Charles Ponzi, who was born in Italy, and he came to the U.S. and made quite a name for himself. This was in the 1920s. So this is when people were sending mail more. And the idea was he told investors that he could buy basically these postal reply coupons. So when you sent a letter, you would send something so someone could reply back to you. And so he said, hey, I can take advantage of international currency exchanges and buy it cheaper abroad and then sell it and get a profit. And so he told his investors all about this. And he said, you know, in the first 45 days, I can get you 50% of your profit back. And then in the first 90, I'll get you 100%. And so he told all these investors this. They all ate it up, loved the idea, invested, and, you know, they got their first money back. But really what he was doing was just giving money that he got from other investors and giving it to them and spreading it out. So he wasn't really making any money. He just was using their money to continue the scheme. But obviously what happens at Ponzi schemes is eventually, you know, someone catches on to the scheme and it collapses. So, you know, it was actually a reporter in the Boston area who discovered that the scheme was fake. And then the government came in and, and, and it stopped. But it was just kind of, you know, since it was in the 20s, he was kind of one of the first kind of con artists to do this type of scheme. So that's why they named it after him. And since, the, you know, the original Ponzi scheme, it's been happening time and time again. Uh, you know, even up till now, there's probably a lot going on. But but we're going to talk about some of the famous ones that we know about and, you know, are, have been known pretty internationally. The big one to start off, Ian's going to talk about Bernie Madoff. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so the Bernie Madoff Ponzi scheme, this is known as the biggest Ponzi scheme in, in history. It's a name that a lot of people have probably heard. He had a very successful investment firm in which he used this to sort of mask the real operations of what he was doing. 
in order to pull off this huge Ponzi scheme. Throughout the 90s and the early 2000s, Bertie Madoff was getting a lot of investors to invest in his Ponzi scheme idea. Using his connections, using his firm's reputation, he was able to lure a lot of really wealthy investors, even some famous people, to really get them to buy into his investment strategy. And what was interesting about Bernie was, you know, he's a really well-respected guy in Wall Street, and he was able to get a lot of these investors based off of word-of-mouth referrals. He was known as someone being pretty humble and modest when talking to these people, and this really made them trust what he was saying. It was reported by an anonymous reporter or someone within the firm. They reported these actions in like 2007, 2008, that, you know, something strange was going on. He was investigated and they found out that, you know, he was charged with 11 federal crimes and he was sentenced to 150 years in prison with restitution of $170 billion, which is incredible. And according to the original charges, his firm had liabilities of $50 billion, and it is thought that he brought in over $65.8 billion of these investments from almost 5,000 clients over this time. There must be some psychology to this. You know, people don't seem to understand that if something sounds too good to be true, then it probably is. You know, even though these basically con artists, these guys that run these Ponzi schemes, they're promising things that they don't exist in regular economy or business, really. And they do seem too good to be true. And it just goes to show that people can still be really easily duped by a good idea, even in modern day. Absolutely. I mean, when I was reading up on this, it seems like, you know, a lot of what makes it a successful Ponzi scheme is that they never share exactly what they're doing. They're like, and they're very, they must be very charming, smooth talkers where they, you know, they say kind of the normal thing of, oh, I can't tell you because then the competitors will jump in on this and, you know, you won't get as much of a profit and it won't work. And it seems like the way they go about it is they kind of attract the right people so that it attracts the other right people, right? So it's kind of this, you get this famous rich person to invest and then everyone goes, oh, if he's investing in this, then it must be true. So I'll invest. And it seems like they pitch it as this golden opportunity, right? Like you have to jump in on it now. If you miss out, you're, you know, you'll regret it. So it's um, almost like it convinces people to like buy that trendy new product, right? Because everyone else is doing it without really reading into what they're buying. You're right. It's the fear of a missed opportunity. You know, like you said, you know, it's, you know, you want to get on it now, want to get on it now while it's still cheap. Uh, You know, it's going to get more and more expensive. It's better to invest now. And that's a way to convince people to jump onto something without asking too many questions. CWG officially has over 100 episodes and we are among the top podcasts in Chile. And that's thanks to you. But we are always working to grow our audience, so make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Snapchat, TikTok, and even LinkedIn. But most importantly, rate, review, and share us with all your friends, family, and coworkers. And if you want to take your English education to the next level, sign up for private or group classes at dynamicenglish.cl. There was this case I was reading up on Mutual Benefits Corporation and pretty disgusting, the Ponzi scheme that they had. They basically were buying health insurance at a discounted rate from people who were dying, right? So people who had AIDS, cancer, terminal illnesses, very elderly people. 
and then they would, you know, sell shares of their death benefits to investors, you know, so that these investors would be able to cash out once these people died. But the problem with death benefits is you have to die within a certain range for you to actually get that benefit. And so the scheme was that they would lie to investors saying these people were dying in weeks or, and they would, you know, have doctors sign forms saying that these people were dying, you're going to be able to cash in really soon. And that wasn't the case. A lot of people were living longer. And so these benefits, you know, weren't able to be obtained and people weren't profiting from it. But the scheme went on for, you know, about 10 years before it collapsed. And it seems like, you know, it was like $1.25 billion, 30,000 investors. So it was definitely a pretty big scheme. But the takeaway for me is it's like, really? Like you're trying to make a profit on people dying and people are investing in that. It's just pretty gross. Anything to make money, I guess. Yeah, you know, making money off of sick people, that's about as low as you can go, I think. It goes to show these Ponzi schemes are definitely shameless in the way they, they raise this money. But what about you, Ian? You said you, you found one based in Chile that made some news? Yeah, so our Chilean listeners especially have probably heard this name before but I'm going to mention the Alberto Chang Raji. He's also known as the uh, the Chilean Madoff because he had one of the largest securities investor frauds in Chilean history. So basically, for those who don't know, Alberto Chang, he was a Chilean businessman. He's responsible for the biggest financial, one of the biggest financial frauds in Chile in which he was doing a pretty similar investment strategy as Bernie Madoff was doing. Chang would promise payments of interest. And so these payments, though, would be required to be paid with cash regularly, like almost every month. These payments were coming in from these investors. And what Chang was known for was he gave a bogus, a fake story to a lot of investors in Latin America and in Miami, actually in the U.S., talking about how he left Chile in the 90s to go study at Stanford University. And here he met Larry Page and Sergey Brin, who were the co-founders of Google, and that he became a Google investor early on. And, you know, that he was basically this tech guru, what he was trying to explain to all the, these investors. And so Chang's company here in Chile, known as uh, Arcano Group, they ended up being investigated in 2016 whenever they defaulted on paying their liabilities it was found out that in 2016 that he basically fled Chile. He knew that this was all going to collapse. Apparently they reported that he first went to the United States, but then he was later found in the small European island country of Malta, basically hiding out since all his assets were frozen in Chile and started this big international arrest warrant to obviously bring him back to Chile and make him pay for these crimes. But it's amazing the amount of money that he was able to, to raise. You know, the company had over $120 million in liabilities from over a thousand, you know, people, um, these investors. So, you know, it, it happens everywhere, not just these famous ones like Madoff we've heard in the U.S. You know, I'm sure there are many, many, many others that we could point out that are very similar to this. Basically giving a false story of promises of things that you're going to deliver. And, you know, it's really just a, uh, it's a cover up to make a quick buck and, and run away to your European island. <laughs> what was funny is I read an article about an interview of Madoff while in prison, and he was basically saying like his clients are stupid. If they looked into the details, they knew that what I was promising wasn't possible. So it's just kind of funny that, you know, he's just like, yeah, like it was pretty easy to dupe these people. <laughs> right. Part of me feels bad for these people that, you know, they lost their investments. They, you know, they're not going to get their money back. 
a lot of people who probably earned earned that money the hard way. But again, a part of me too has to say, how naive can you be? How can you not talk to somebody who really knows finances either? If you're not an expert, you know, how do you not consult somebody about whether this sounds fishy or if it sounds legitimate? And like I said earlier, I always think, you know, if it sounds too good to be true, then it probably is. And so if you see these big numbers of, all right, you're going to get these high interest returns in this period of time. I don't know. You know, you got to really see if it seems legitimate or not. I can see how you could be duped early on because they do give you a return, right? Like they give you a reward to think it's working. And if you have friends that are like, look, like I just, you know, I made five grand in the first month. And then I hear that from my buddy and I'm like, oh, that's legitimate. But I think like later on, you know, it's going to collapse. I'm shocked that these schemes can last as long as they do. It feels like it could only last a couple months before people realize that it's, it's all just, you know, made up. It just shows that these people are really successful at swindling people if they're able to pull it off for a decade or so. I think we can see too the real importance of using word of mouth marketing to make these Ponzi schemes successful, right? You know, word of mouth marketing is the, the best form of marketing. You, you trust your friend or your family or your colleague more than some company trying to advertise to you. So like you said, if your best friend or if someone close to you is telling you about this great opportunity and, you know, you obviously trust these people, then it's going to be a lot easier to get you to buy into it. And so I think these, these Ponzi schemers, they have a real talent for really um, encouraging that word of mouth marketing and really making those investors feel comfortable and make them think that they are getting a bigger reward than a risk. Absolutely. So listeners, as you heard, it happens everywhere around the world. These people are talented and skilled. Be careful. If it's too good to be true, as Ian said, it probably is. <laughs> so, Don't fall for it. Don't yeah. fall for the tricks. <laughs> so again, listeners, if you get lost, check out that audio guide and transcript online. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Coffee with Gringos was brought to you by Dynamic English, where you can learn English simply by using it. If you're interested in taking classes or just want to learn more, go to our website at dynamicenglish.cl. Thanks for listening.